Welcome to the Todd and Taylor Show. I'm Taylor Trask. Oh, I'm Todd A. <laughs> I was expecting some for some reason. Uh, Taylor told me he was going to introduce it, and for some reason, I thought there was like more of an introduction coming. <laughs> oh. And I and I specifically didn't have a shovel full of uh, salad in my mouth. Oh, I was like waiting for the introduction, like sitting here holding my breath. So we've started. So I'm we've started. A. That's Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And this is uh, this is kind of a just a talk and nonsense episode. We we did talk have and nonsense. Talk and nonsense. We didn't have a um, a topic this week, so I thought let's just freeform it. We haven't done that for a while. Um, maybe it'll go well. Maybe it won't. <laughs> if you're still listening yeah. to this by the end, it may be a disaster. It may be one for the books. Who's to say? Yeah, the train wreck episode. I guess we'll find out. Well, and we've got we're gonna actually gonna do a hard reset soon too. So we kind of yeah. want to finish season two up with a couple episodes. So we've got this one. I think we're gonna try to do a a group one uh, in the next a couple days. And then we've got um, sort of more of one that we're just going to kind of outline for y'all what we have uh, on the horizon, both personally and together. We've got some cool projects, and we're actually going to sort of you know launch them unofficially on a on a future episode uh, in the next week or two. So yeah, that that is uh, that's very exciting, and we I think both of us are like anticipating that. Yeah, and and like kind of it's it I don't know that's that's always an interesting point of. Uh, creativity to me is like, you know, how do you get the thing done so you can get the next thing started yep. <laughs> or yep. how do you get all the things lined up so that you can launch the next thing properly? Um, yeah. We talk a lot about that off air and we will shortly talk about that on air. On air too. And, and you will, it'll be like going to class. We'll, we'll sit down. There'll be a pamphlet we'll pass around and uh, oh, that's you know. good. Pop yeah, quiz. That's right. There will be there will be a lot of that, so you'll have to pay attention. Extra special, a future episode of the Todd and Taylor Show. So we're glad you're here with us today. And Todd, I have to tell you, I have a new obsession this week <laughs> to okay. kick things off. And I, it's it's something I don't fall into weird obsessions like this often, but when I do, I kind of go whole hog. Um, I, I last, can't wait. Last time something like this happened, it was uh, unfortunately Dog the Bounty Hunter, and I just spent hey. a whole weekend. <laughs> Just binge watching every season. It used to be on Netflix uh, six, five ish, six ish years ago. And so I just, I literally spent all of Memorial Day weekend just on that. And it, you know, that was then. But now my new obsession, and, and I don't even know exactly how this happened. I was kind of going back through my, my timeline, like, where did this start exactly? Was it somewhere around Tuesday? I got interested. I just kind of on a whim, I went and Googled. Uh, road rage fights on YouTube because oh because for some reason I was and maybe I had passed passed some kind of you know crazy driver assaulting another driver I, I, something happened but I just started googling that on YouTube and holy the crap there are not just un- umpteen videos and playlists but entire channels devoted to road rage drivers or people I think I think since the advent of the dash cam and the GoPro. Everybody who mounts a, a two or, or more you know, wheeled vehicle feels that they have to document every moment of their life. So all of this is on YouTube for all to see, and it is fascinating. It's fascinating. It is. It is like it is like America's Funniest Home Videos for adult adults, right? Like now, it's it's you know. Is there a country of origin for the majority of these? I'm so glad you asked. I'm so glad you asked. Uh, if you look in general terms, you're going to see videos from all across the world. You're going to see, you know, from everywhere from Saudi Arabia to Paraguay to, you know, to the good old U.S. of A. However, 
I find the ones that are most interesting are the ones where you actually type in US comma road rage fight or road rage video because there are playlists Todd and videos that are specifically for the US. I think they realize people are wanting <laughs> to know how American drivers actually behave compared to everybody else. So those are the ones that are the most entertaining. I'll say one more thing. A lot of them are from the point of view of motorcycle drivers, specifically crotch wow. rocket drivers, not like Harley riders that are you know still sort of adhere to a sense of American cool. You know, like I'm talking about crotch rocket drivers who are a little bit too wound up for their own good, and they've got their little no. helmet. You know, so, so they're involved in the road rage. They are not a passive observer a lot of times they are so every once in a while you'll see one that's like you know it's it's the dude's buddy who's recording from you know from a distance um but a lot of these and there's actually like youtube channels of guys who just ride around on their on their crotch rocket recording their thoughts in real life almost provoking traffic incidents to occur it seems like and it's just like it's just to see these unfold but they're not all that way there's a lot that are just simply from somebody who had their dash cam on and they rolled up behind something remarkable and they just stopped and enjoyed it and it was it, and it's like and it goes from everything from you know just casual wrecks casual crashes from people either not paying attention or more more commonly just being a dick you know just literally you know going at the last second thinking they can make it or something it's that but then the ones that get really fun are where people actually jump out of the car and start fighting or start you know intimidating the other the other party it's it's a rabbit hole it's absolutely fascinating. And it's like, I don't know why I sat there for an hour last night just watching these things. My girlfriend is terrified of, of car crashes. So she just, she was just loving it. Um, you know, wow. I, and I was, of course, sitting there narrating the entire time. She's like, can you can you go in the other room for just a little while? Because I can't oh, deal with this. You were being ironic. She was not loving it. No, she was not. <laughs> ba -da -ba -ba -ba, she was not. So, no, it's it's. It's one of those things that I, I don't – and they've created these playlists, and they've actually created, like, comp videos that are, like, 15, 20 minutes in length that are oh, kind of, like, nice. best ofs, you know, like, the greatest hits. Um, so you, you sometimes see the same video pop up a few times if it's, you know, exception, exceptionally, um, you know, funny or violent or, you know, there's – and then every once in a while what I love, too, is every once in a while you'll see something like a little kid literally Marty McFlying on the back of, a, of like, a moving semi or something going down the – the highway and he's just smiling you're like kid you could what is happening right now and like you know it'll cut from that to something you know crazy again so there's little moments of levity that i appreciate but it's it, you know the, like he's on a, like he's on a skateboard behind a vehicle no he is actually literally hanging on to the back of a truck uh on the very bottom where he could just pop you know jump off at a moment's notice if it you know what? stop it's crazy i'll send you some of these links and see if you uh, follow me down this hole, I, you know, well, thing, I know I've previously fallen down the, uh, the rabbit hole of just typing in Russian dash cam <laughs> <laughs> because that's crazy. Apparently, you know, it, it, nothing is, is enforced in this wild, wild West of Russia. And they, uh, <laughs> so the drivers have to have dash cams in order, you know, to get uh, a payback from an insurance company or something. And they're just, totally wild wrecks and there's and then there's crazy stuff like you know like military helicopters landing in the middle of the road or something okay i'm glad yeah. you said that because the thing that i found watching these that's a little unsettling it after a while you start to kind of feel like some of these either might be fake or staged right. which uh, there, that there is a great a, point because i that's well, I was going to say, there was at least a couple where I'm like, this can't possibly be real. Where, like, you know, there was an altercation and a guy literally just 
swings a fist and the guy he hits immediately just gets knocked out and falls on the ground almost like south park style where you're just like what right. and there's another one that i watched where there's I, I would say maybe a, a whole herd of crotch rockets maybe like you know 80 to 100 <laughs> of them that came up and swarmed a car who had cut them off and it was like it looked like you know the rabble rabble you know south park people actually right. or no it actually looked like the uh the harley davidson episode of south park where they you know they, they all ride their harleys around they all get pissed off because everybody you know shuns them and everything it looked a lot like that i i really feel like some of these might be staged even weirder though and this just may be my frame of mind when i'm watching these i could swear there are several times watching these it's more when like somebody actually gets out of the car it looks exactly like something from grand theft auto 5 where like the way they, the way the person's moving, the you know they'll they'll go and they'll pull out a bat and they'll right. just kind of start swinging aimlessly. Um, one guy pulled out a hatchet and just started like swinging, like and his girlfriend kind of watched on from you know from from the car. Um, and I'm like watching this going, is this are we living in the Matrix? Is this is this just all like some kind of like you know pre-programmed simulation that that somebody happened to catch on camera? Because this is just too. That's it's, what it is, man. You have just, you know, it's like when you were describing the VR the other day, like you have just hit the edge of the room. <laughs> I may have. I may have. I'm watching, and, and not all of them are like this, but there's a couple that sneak in there where you're just like, man, this looks too, this looks too computer generated. It looks like it's actually somebody, like a person behaving by algorithm, you know? And I play, let's be clear, when I play Grand Theft Auto, I I seldom play the game. I just screw around the whole time. So, you know, I incite stuff like this in the game. So I've, I've seen a lot of it. You know, when you come up behind somebody and you, you know, ram into them and, sure. you know, they get pissed off, they jump out and they try to pull you out of your car. Like a lot of that, but that's what this is. And maybe Grand Theft Auto just watched a lot of these videos and modeled itself on that. I don't know. Um, but it's fascinating. Well, I'm, I'm sure there's sort of a copycat, you know, uh, impulse in both directions. There could very well be, you know, a lot mm. of people who play Grand Theft Auto get really, ro- you know, roided up. I, the, the thing that I find really interesting, Rachel, at one point, she was just like last night, she's like, what, what are you, why are you watching this? And I'm like, honestly, it sort of satiates my intimate desire to observe the human condition. That was my, that was my philosophical bent on it. And it's true because you watch this and you're just like, I don't see myself in any of these people, but I like observing kind of the extremes to which people will behave in a public setting. You know, with strangers, for that matter, you see people who, you know, and, I, and I'm sure this is just kind of like the, you know, the the outliers, right? I'm sure a lot of people get in a wreck. Everybody's civil. You know, I've been I've been rear-ended before. You know, you get out, you deal with it, and you move on. I, I think these people that are just get so angry to the point where they're standing in front of somebody else's face, screaming obscenity. They're both people are screaming obscenities in each, into each other's faces, not caring what the other is even saying. They're just trying to have like the last shout, you know, shouting word, I guess. And neither of them are, you know, throwing punches or anything. Like you get, you know, the people with the hatchet was a little different, but like, you know, there, there's people who are like hoping they get hit for some reason. No one's really willing to take that next step themselves. They want to be provoked into it. Oh, so there's God. just a lot of, there's a lot of like pan up aggression on the road out there. It kind of makes me scared to even get on the road. I was driving to work today. I was just like, man, do I even want to be out here knowing that this could, these kinds of things could happen to me right now. It's, ah, it's, it's, yeah, I, I, I mean, on one hand, I, I hate hearing this because it, uh, that theory confirms an observation I've made about uh, California traffic, which is that there are two kinds of drivers on the freeway in California, uh, rageaholic assholes who think they've just entered the Thunderdome. <laughs> and, and we people... don't need another hero. 
<laughs> and people who've apparently never driven a car before. <laughs> There's no Jesus. middle ground in California. <laughs> like, I, I like in the, because well, I often find myself turning into the rageaholic because I'm stuck behind somebody going like 35 on a freeway. And I'm like, what in the fuck are you doing? I kind of feel you like California is what would happen if you took Nashville drivers and Denver drivers and intermingled them for a day. Because I've always <laughs> said, and I apologize to anybody out there who might take offense to this, but if you've lived and driven to Nashville for more than six months, you will agree. Everybody in Nashville, I would say of Nashville drivers, 35 to 40% of them are just functionally retarded. Like they are mentally <laughs> impaired, should not be given. And I use that in the technical sense, right? I'm not using the slang term. I'm using like the actual like mentally yes. unfit to be behind a, a motorized, you know, large, heavy vehicle. Conversely, I would say at least half of Denver drivers take a hit of cocaine before they, they get behind the wheel. So you take him. You take slow and bewildered, and you add it to just like you know, like you get that sort of. It's it's a recipe for disaster. But that sounds like California, the way you're. Yeah, I think that sounds pretty close. Like if those two sets of people coexisted, it would be Southern California. I can't imagine. I've never had the pleasure of driving in California. I take that back. I drove from the airport in Oakland to a hotel in San Francisco once. That was it. Doesn't really count, right? So it's it's mm-hmm. not the you know it's not the Southern California, L.A. San Diego situation. So how how do you deal with it though? Like I mean, you've had to drive into work several times since you've moved back out there. What oh, what do you do? Yeah. Do you just I mean, do you have music playing? Do you have nothing playing? Like do you try uh, to adjust? Um, I you know. <laughs> It's weird for me too because uh, I drive a stick shift, Ooh. Um, Ooh. which is not necessarily the best choice for California because um, I'm riding the clutch a lot. Yeah. And especially because you'll get in these sections of traffic where every single morning, a huge stretch of my commute is just me sitting still in traffic, like just rolling along, you know, in like second gear, like constantly toggling the clutch and the sh- and the gear shift, and and then. Uh, and then all of a sudden traffic it just instantly clears and everyone starts going 70 miles an hour and i can't do that because i have a car with like a tiny engine <laughs> so and i've got nobody under these gears now so i got to <laughs> rev it up you know um it's amazing how many people that. it's amazing how people who who don't drive a clutch forget that clutches exist like it takes me all of two seconds to get behind a clutch to go oh shit this is not the same thing like and i'm terrible at it right i when i'm on the ranch or the farm bombing around my dad's pickup like it's fine because there's you don't have to deal with other people but like when you're in the middle of it like clutches are stick shifts are hard especially in a place where you probably you know you're not driving up snowy roads or anything so i can't imagine just yeah I mean, it's you know, it's just one of those things. Like I've, uh, yeah, I've <laughs> gone through a number of cars in my life, mm. um, and most of them have been stick shifts. So, oh, well, there you uh, go. it's it's not. It's like I have the I have an adjustment the other way, where I, I kind of get in an automatic, and I feel like, why aren't you driving yourself? Why why do I still have to pr- press on the pedals and things like that? Yeah, it's very, very confusing to me because you know, it's like you'll uh, there's you know there's there's uh, you know, there's idling that will pull you forward in a automatic that doesn't happen in a stick shift. And I'm like, I don't, if you're going to go that far, just drive me to work. I don't, <laughs> I don't really need yeah. to be in charge here. We should take this moment to, to, to pause because we're probably in the, in the final days 
before self-driving cars enter the market. I, you know, I really this, hope that it, it's like vinyl where all we're left with are like stick shift Jeeps <laughs> and then, and then uh, you know, uh, self-driving cars. And I never understood – you know, I mean I remember 10 years ago or whatever when it was first rumored that Google was working on uh, self-driving cars. And in Nashville, Tennessee, that made no sense to me. Yeah. And as soon as I got to California, I was like, I get it. Yeah. We need, yeah. we need self-driving cars more than anything in California it's it's too vast to be connected by public transport like mm -hmm. the places that we're going mm -hmm. and it's too stupid i mean it's just so I, it's such a waste of time i would much rather be sitting there reading a book oh yeah like answering emails or something you know while a car drove me to work it takes me 7 hours to get from denver back home to wall south dakota and it's you know, it's a pretty drive. I, I actually don't mind the drive at all. I would just rather be napping, reading, watching a movie. You know, there's any number of things I'd rather be doing than actually. Well, now that's interesting because I always think on a long drive, I wouldn't mind. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind that drive. What what I hate is the start and stop traffic that feels mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. what a waste of my day. You know, <laughs> well, a lot of times that start and stop traffic is because somebody is driving too fast or too slow or merging the wrong way. Like you remove a lot of that user error and gridlock doesn't yeah. go away, but it gets way better pretty quick. Right. Right. You know, that's what I'm most excited about. I'm also excited to see too. Like, I mean, Denver is taking three lane one-way direction interstates and changing them into six lanes. You know, we're, we're basically California, you know, Mach 2 in terms of like, oh, we got to you know, build as many lanes as possible, blah, blah, blah. We've got a lot of good public transit too. Don't get me wrong. I, I appreciate Denver for that, that reason. But it makes me wonder like once self, well, once self-driving cars get, you know, mainstream, we see them and then we start to see sort of the benefits. Are people going to start rethinking or even going backwards in terms of like, well, we don't need all this concrete now. Let's go back to two lanes or let's go back to, you know, something that's a bit more sensible. Is that, or is, you know, what, what becomes, does that third, you know, does that fifth or sixth lane become like a premium, um, a premium thing that the state, you know, like that you, if you still drive your own car, you can have that to yourself, but it's going to cost, you know, it's more like a toll road at that point. Um, Interesting. You know, there's all kinds of things that will happen to that space once we make it efficient. You take, you know, take waste in any in any business or any industry, and like once that waste is eliminated or or recognized, like what happens to it? Um, you know, with something like this, especially if they, you know, if we don't have to spend money on repairing it every two years, like will we just let it, it sort of you know go back to the earth, or will we reverse it? it I'm curious because we're yeah. just Denver's about to finish like a massive massive citywide sort of upgrade on interstates and you know sub roads and that kind of stuff so it's you know a lot more concrete than we had even when i moved here anyway Thinking yeah that that is the, <laughs> that's an side effect of the automated car we become car uh, talk all of a sudden <laughs> with clicking clack we're the new yeah for two for two guys that rarely ever talk about cars that's just, that's just it like you're not like i could care less about car talk like it's just i i am one of those people who like when i go and buy a new car i have to tell the sales guy right off the bat i'm like i don't care if i leave the lot with a big pink banana like or you know like or the oscar meyer wiener mobile as long as it gets x miles per gallon and is x you know x price in my budget that's all i care yeah. about that's literally it so it's like you know when i bought my prius i had to really I had, to, you know, they were trying to upgrade me and all these. I'm like, 
all I care about is this. Like, well, you're not going to look very good. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care what I look like on the road. I just don't. Like, it's, you know, at the same time, I really want a Tesla, but more because the interior looks like a, you know, really cool spaceship and it would just be cool to spaceship. have. Spaceship. <laughs> yeah. You know, so like, again, the, the, ex, the exterior could be, you know, some weird Winnebago. I don't know. As long as the, you know, I had all those cool features on the inside. So it'll be interesting to see. Like, I mean, I, I, all of this to be said, like, I could care less about a car. I, I actually have been craving sort of what, you know, the promise of the self-driving revolution, whether it be Google or Uber, you know, driving, you know, you know, Ford manufactured self-driving cars, whatever that looks like. I've been craving it because I, if I could just have a car summoned that I don't have to drive, I can just get in and it's better if like nobody's driving it. So I don't have to interact with anybody. I can just sit in there by myself, listen to music. I want to do, listen to work, you know, work, write, whatever it is, get to my destination, get out, don't have to park, don't have to deal with it. Like that would be, that's my dream, Todd. I just, I need, I need that. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm there with you. Like I, there, I waste so much time in the car it's ridiculous. So, well, let's let's move on because we beat that to death too. I something else happened uh, last week, but I've been dealing I, I, dealing with it this week too. I just we're just we're airing my entire. We're just getting all my. Well, and I love the thing too is like right before we started recording, I said, "Do you want to tell me what these thing these topics are you're going to bring up?" And Taylor said, "Nope, <laughs> nope." Well, I because don't know. Spont- what's Spontaneity is the engine of necessity, or vice versa. Yeah, you know, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Um, <laughs> that could be a meme too. With my face on it, and everybody's like, "What?" No. So last <laughs> week, um, uh, one of my Kickstarters that I funded three years ago finally came through, and the okay. next, and, and the other one, I've only ever funded two Kickstarters in my life. Both were three years ago. Both I've just kind of been hanging out waiting for. Um, and both were pretty big projects too, so it's not like, you know, their original timelines were. I I even looked at the original timelines, going, "Then you're not going to make those." So there's never right. been like this, like you owe me. Yeah, I've just been like, okay, when you get to it, you, you know, when you're done, let me know. Um, but the first one was the game abduction, which, if you aren't aware, um, the, remember the video game Mist, uh, the CD. I, I mean, game? I'm aware of that name, but I never played it. You wait, you never played Mist, really? No. Is this like M Y S T? Yes. You okay, no, ne- never, ever never played, played Mist? Nope. Wow. Okay. Well, we have lots to talk about that. So, back <laughs> long, long ago, for our young listeners out there, long time ago in the early 90s, there was this thing called the CD ROM. And what it was is you get your computer, your, your PC tower, and it would have a CD ROM. And you would buy CDs for your CD-ROM, or CD-ROMs for your CD drive, I guess, is more technically correct. Um, but yeah, you, one of the, you might be getting a little too patronizing here. <laughs> well, yeah. So, so one of the first games, or one of the first CD-ROMs ever to come out was a game called Myst. And this was like circa 1990, 1991. Maybe a little later. I might be er- making it too early, but it was somewhere around there. It was put out by a company called Cyan, who was originally two guys in... Um, uh, Spokane, Washington, if I'm not mistaken. And they they it was literally like a garage band album. They did it all themselves. They wrote it themselves. And it was essentially a hypercard stack, which used to be an Apple kind of technology that anymore is like a okay. glorified PowerPoint presentation. So they made a game out of it. And it was at the time revolutionary for a couple of reasons. One, it was the I think one of the first, if not the first game that let you simply wander through a world there was no one to shoot there was no like you know there's no car chases there was no explosions like it was literally you 
so it was the it was the advent of the puzzle room that you see in a lot of cities now. I think all of those owe their their lineage to Mist because it really embraced that. And then it also kind of had this crazy, mysterious, you know, pun intended, mysterious yeah. element where you're dropped on this island with kind of weird, sort of unsettling, you know, mythology and iconography. And there's like this random temple in the middle of nowhere, but yet there's also like a uh, like a like a uh, copper spaceship just kind of sitting there. And you're like, what is what is all this? It's like it looks like a hodgepodge of different dreams. And you kind of just you're left to figure out the world. There's not like an instruction manual. There's not like a, you know, it doesn't prompt you a lot. So it really is for you to just kind of roam around and figure it out. And it it sold like game. Without, let, oh, go ahead. I got I got two questions for you. Uh, they are related. Uh, what is <laughs> when you describe it as a puzzle game? What do you mean by that? And then. Uh, what do you also mean by puzzle rooms that you see popping up in cities? Uh, the puzzle rooms, maybe maybe you're new to this. So in a lot of cities, I would imagine San Diego has several as well. You can go and just, just go like search puzzle room comma San Diego, and you're going to find a couple of different things. You know, it's people who actually take real like a real room in a house or a warehouse and they build like a set, like a movie set. And you go on it, you go into it, and you're given like a you know 30 minutes or an hour to figure out the room. Uh, and you know, like for the one I went to in Minneapolis, it was um, the library of H.G. Wells. So you walk in, and then the door shuts, and you have an hour to figure out where H.G. Wells like hid his great secret. And you know, it's and they give you some clues, but you okay. really have to take you know you have to take the portrait in the room and the way the books are on the bookshelf, and like you know, there's an organ that if you played a special key would open another another secret. So it's all the stuff that's interconnected. That's on the more of the uh, the. Uh, the thinking man side, if you will. On the other gotcha. side is something like 24, where you have an hour to uh, figure out the room where the bomb goes off, or the zombies come in and get you, or you know, like there, it's something a bit more fear-based. Um, gotcha. At the end, so it's these are crazy. These have been popping up everywhere. Yes. Um, and I now that you now that we've gotten into it, I feel like you and I have had a conversation about them because I did just do a Google search and ran into ton of a ton of them around me and went, oh, right. I know I've looked go. these up before. Dude, you should go. Go even well, if you don't have anybody to go with. Lots of times you'll be going and there will be people, you know, you'll just join a group that's already assembled. Um, and, you know, it could be a group of newbies. It could be – when I went, it was I think the four of us who went were all new. And then there's two guys in our group who had literally, like, done the tour. And they were almost like, you know, they, they were just, you know, checking off another one on their list. Like, you know, they – so they were oh. – those two guys – I'm glad they were there. We would have probably not have solved it as fast if it weren't for them. So they were really like, you know, they knew what to look for. They hadn't done that room specifically, but they knew kind of, you know, what to look for. They were really, they were really polished up and ready to go. Um, hmm. So to, to answer your other question, the puzzle, a puzzle game is basically that as a game. Um, you know, it's, okay. it's the same sort of thing where you're not given a lot of context or instruction. You just have to start poking around and exploring and kind of figure out. And as you do, you realize that things connect to each other. You know, there may be, if you turn the gears on a clock, something else might open up. Um, or if you, you know, light a fire in a stove and throw like a, tr you know, a, a, a you know, certain colored stick in there, something might, you know, the red smoke might lead you to something else. You know, there's all kinds of things that could, that could tie together. So Mist, again, I'm not saying they invented this, but I would say they are the first to massively popularize this kind of gameplay. And so much so that they made several sequels. Cyan became like a you know household name for a while. All that sort of peaked in the mid-2000s, and Cyan kind of went into hiding only to come back 
a couple years ago when they took Mist and Riven, the sequel, and a couple other games and uh, ported them over to the to the iPad and iPhone. And that got them thinking, hey, we want to make a new game. We don't want to just make another Mist sequel, but we want, we want to do something kind of that's the spiritual successor to that. So they went on Kickstarter and said, we're going to create this game called Abduction. We need, I think they needed a million five to do it. I think they got a million eight in just you know, initial supporters and it's since grown since then. Um, even Neil Patrick Harris was like, you know, he, he publicly supported it. He's like, we, you know, we need this. If you like Mist, please support this. So I, I threw in my like 35 bucks, I think. And just, you know, was waiting and waiting, 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 waiting. And they went through that typical thing that happens where I think they underestimated the time frame, And then they did this weird thing where they wanted to get a publisher. And I'm like, you guys are the publisher. We've all enabled you to be that. Like why? And right. if that fortunately that failed, but I think everybody in the comment section on, on Kickstarter page was like, why were you even wasting time with this? Like you it's, guys, it seems like you've heard of this. Yeah. And it's like, you guys yeah. are the publisher now. Like you, the whole right. point of this was that you didn't need to do that because we've given you the ability to not worry about that. So um, fortunately that all, all came to pass. They finally released the game a week ago and it is unbelievably gorgeous um there's a lot of rumor that the show lost which i talk about on the show a lot um actually got some of its inspiration from mist because it's a it's an island that you know you wind up on and there's all this kind of interesting so there's a lot of and and jj abrams has neither confirmed or denied this exactly but if you watch lost religiously there you start to notice a lot of a lot of little lifts that they take from um, from Mist. So Abduction comes along. It's not the same story. It's not the same world. A lot of the same kind of visual, you know, sort of homages, if you will. But it is unbelievable. I, I can't even begin to describe it other than it starts off with you in a forest and you hear this recording of people who have been abducted and they, they're describing their experiences. All the while, you are being abducted. So you're hearing... <laughs> You're hearing their sort of like explanations while this like beam of light swirls around you and everything. And you're going through this like forest, this campsite, you get abducted, you get taken to this planet or this other world. That's like half planet, half old West mining town, half weird, like lost style jungle. You start to realize that the old West mining town is there because the entire town got abducted. Um, and so I'm only maybe a third of the way through the game, so I haven't even begun to uncover, you know, some of the deep secrets. But the visuals are gorgeous. You know, they actually incorporate some live actors, so you get to actually, you know, you do get to experience other, you know, people, you know, visually, you know, talking to you and stuff. Um, it's it's unbelievable to to say to say they did knock it out of the park is is a mistake. It's it was worth the wait. Um, and what's more interesting for me. If you uh, listen to our episode where I talk about VR, this game has they're, they're, they've already created a port for the Oculus Rift. This game is going to have legs forever in VR because um, hmm. it's it's fully one you know 360 degrees. You can move anywhere, go anywhere you want to do, look up, look down. Um, I can't wait to get this into a VR headset and just play around. It's going to be it's going to be unbelievable, and that's you know it's unbelievable on my laptop screen, which is you know. 8% of my peripheral view when I'm like, you know, sitting here, like if yeah. when I get, when I actually get a headset on, I can look everywhere and it's, it's my entire view. Oh, it's going to be incredible. So I, if you're out there, if you liked mist, 
Um, if you like these kinds of games, I think there's a series of games on iOS called like The Secret Room or something that's kind of similar. Go get Abduction. It's on Steam. It's on you know all the platforms. Um, so now, did your thirty-five dollar contribution get you the game? Yes. Yes. Okay. Now, I, I and we okay. should also clarify it's it's abduction o b d u c t i o n not abduction. Correct. Maybe. Thank you. Yeah, just like Mist has yeah. a Y, this has an O. Um, yeah. At the beginning, so you know they're they, they're sticking with their cool wordplay letter play. Um, yeah. So I got the game, and I also got like some digital art uh, as well. And you can you, know, you could have gone all the way up to. I, there was even a level. It was kind of funny. There's a level that you'd get the game, but they'd actually send you like a box with a CD in it. You know, like the old <laughs> CD-ROM days. Because there were some people who were just like, I want the game to hold and touch. And I'm like, okay. And they're wow. like, yeah. So they just. Yeah, they had like a, a limited number of those. Um, I'm kind of wishing that I had gotten the. It was pricey. It was I think it was like 150. Um, but you also got like a hardbound limited edition, the Art of Cyan book. And I'm kind of mm. wishing I had gotten that because that's looking really good right now. Um, so it'll probably wind up on eBay or somewhere later, and I'll have to just deal with it then. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting. I, I and I've kind of been on this like 90s nostalgia kick because it just it feels. It feels as exciting as the first time I played Mist, where you're like, "What is gonna ha-? like?" You're, you're. There's familiarity with the concept, but they take it in such cool directions that you're just like, "Man, this is, this is like a whole new chapter for them." And I, I dare I say, this may relaunch Cyan um, in a pretty big way. I'm, you know, because they were kind of. I mean, truth be told, they were sort of on on the ropes for a little while because they hadn't put out any new games their their revenue from the you know the the old games had sort of dried up so they were sort of in this weird like are they going to survive kind of mode and then you know this brought them back yeah it looks like the mist series kind of transferred ownership to uh broderbund or whatever that company is called or something like that um broderbund who we all yeah we all know put out the carmen san diego cd-rom series which i was also a fan oh Great. Um. <laughs> why the hell? Okay, on that note, why the hell haven't they released that on iOS yet? You go Google Carmen San Diego. You're not. I mean, there may be like one thing. It's not great, but I mean, like, where are those games? That they could be just rolling in money, Pokemon Go style. If they just had, you know, just take the take what was on the CD-ROM and put it on iOS. It's not hard. Um, Am I asking too yeah, much? Yeah, I, I probably. I I have I vaguely remember Carmen Sandiego. Um, oh, who are I'm, you? I'm aware of the what? name. Well, I'm about to really offend you, which is, uh, I, the, I, this is, I think this is very, I don't know if it's weird for my character or not, but I hate puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> and I really, like, they make me so tense in a game. And it, it's not even like a puzzle game, but that game that came out several years ago that was the big deal where uh like portal that's what it was called and where there would be there was sort of a puzzle in every room where you had to figure out where to shoot your portal gun or whatever yeah yeah yeah. i was over that (laughs) within seconds oh like i was at a friend's house and he was like check it out so cool and i'm going wow this is this you know this looks amazing and and he's like yeah he's explaining it to me and i sort of look around the room i mean i'm like in the easiest room and, and and he explains the concept to me and i just it was like uh you know didn't get the portal there in the right on the first try, and I was like, "I'm done. That's it. Oh, I don't care." Oh man! And just handed the controller back to him. I, I when <laughs> I had a PlayStation and I had one of those early Tomb Raider games, 
Uh -huh. And there would be one of those things where it was like, you got to pull this chain and then run across the room and find the rock. And it's like, but you don't know that you got to do that. You got to walk around the room until you figure that out. And I would just go, this sucks. And I would oh, go by the walkthrough guide. And uh, <laughs> all I wanted to do was run around and shoot people. I was like, this is just, you know, I don't, you're getting in the way. All these puzzles are getting in the way of the fun so, of it. <laughs> you would have probably hated Mist. You'd have hated the seventh guest, which that's, same around that same time so like the next generation of cd-rom games that immediately followed mist were um the sequel to mist ribbon but also this cool thing called the seventh guest which was in this haunted mansion and uh I, that actually is available on ios if you uh, are so inclined i think for like five or six bucks um still holds up today i still like a lot of the visual like it just it but it's all puzzles it's all puzzles as you sort of you, know, you mm. go into different rooms and like, you know, Seventh Guest is a bit more uh, upfront about it. Mist is like, you know, you'll see an object hanging against the wall in Mist, and you can walk by it 20 times not realizing, oh, I need to interact with this object because it's part of this puzzle. Seventh Guest, you walk into a room and like the table morphs into like the puzzle that you have to solve. So it's a lot more obvious like, oh, okay, here this is. Right. Um, so you would have probably hated, hated those games. I. So what was it about Portal? Because I have been... I'm not even the biggest gamer. Let me just put that out there right now. Like I have my like six games that I play. I still have a PS3. That's, you know, that's as far as I've gotten. But yeah, like, I, I just don't at all want to solve a puzzle in a video game. <laughs> I love it. This is a whole new dimension of you that I didn't know existed. Like Todd, the, Todd, the anti-puzzler. But it's funny because like um, – and this is why I think it's weird and, and out of character is that uh, uh, so a, a friend's a, a friend of mine has a game night and um, often it involves very geeky games and his girlfriend generally refuses to play um, uh, <laughs> um, and what she has told me like when I've inquired like was well, it because of the geekiness or the like the you know that that those games is it because of the subject matter of the game or is it because those games generally have a lot of rules or whatever. And her reply is, is like, I just don't care for, like, strategy games. Hmm. You know, she's like, I, if I'm going to sit down and play a board game, I just want something where you, like, you know, you do a thing and then you make a move or whatever. And, like, that's you're, – you're progressing, you know. She doesn't want to hmm. play, like, Risk, you know. Hmm. And that – I am okay with those, you know, roll the dice and move your card game. But I would prefer the strategy game board board game wise mm. so i think that's kind of where it doesn't translate to me as like but if i'm playing a video game i just want to be like flying a plane or you know what it, 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 it's sort of just what you said about grand theft auto earlier was when i played that i never tried to complete the missions i was just like well let's see if i can set this building on fire yeah, from yeah, yeah, inside yeah. the building i and, I play... and then i would get bored of like you know doing <laughs> like trying to uh, you know, let me see if I can jump off this building, you know, and onto that building and into the helicopter. And then, yeah, that, of yeah, course, yeah. I would die a hundred times in a row and go, here's your controller back, friend, that has a video game system. And play I wouldn't play like, video games for a couple of years. You play – I'll see I'll see in 2018 when uh, – Yeah, yeah. I yeah, kind of used to be that way. Uh, until I found XL 2020 comes out or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like <laughs> – can I – you know, I okay. So my favorite game of all time is Bioshock Infinite, and that's the only okay. game I have ever purchased brand new week of release ever. 
um it was like 60 bucks and i was just like jesus but i really wanted to play i i wanted i've been waiting for it for three years because i knew it was literally you nobody else could have purchased it and it would have been made exactly for me you know it was one of those kinds of games i still bust it out today it's awesome uh but other than that like i have three or four others that i play on my ps3 um and that's kind of it like once a once every other year i might get a new one you know, yeah. I just, but I just, I kind of, I get in these modes like, a, like a great band. I just, li- I play that game nonstop for like two months, and then I don't yeah. for like a year, and then I come back to it again and just, you know, binge on it, and then I'm done. Like it just, that's kind of my thing. So Grand Theft Auto is the same way. Like I will get, I'll every once in a while I'll turn on the mission, and like five minutes into it, I'm like, I, I can't deal with this. Like I just, I, I veer off course, and they, so you know how sometimes you play the mission and you do something wrong, and they're like, mission has ended. You have cheated, or like you have yeah. gone, you know, you've gone the other way. You know, they escaped or something. That always happens to me. I just can't. can't I remember it. I had this old uh pc port of grand theft auto 3 i guess it was like the first big one where it was like an open world mm-hmm. and one of the cheat codes in it was you just literally typed give us a tank uh, <laughs> and so i would start the mission like you know i've got a, a, a joystick controller and then i would get to some por- part where it was like and i got I can't make this jump or whatever. I keep trying to make it or I can't get through this, you know, past this cop or whatever. And I would just, you know, do three or four times and I go, fuck it. Give us a tank. And this tank would drop (laughs) from the sky and I would walk into it. And then that was, and then of course I wouldn't care about the mission because I'm like, yeah, I can run over everything and (laughs) shoot helicopters down and stuff. It was awesome. When you were playing that, did, was it like, uh, those listeners who might remember who've ever played Grand Theft Auto Vice City. That was the first one I ever played. I remember in that game, when you brought forth the tank, um, if whatever it touches blew up. Car it w- nicked it, that car would blow up. Or if you ran into like a... I do, I do think that's what happened in, in GTA 3. Because um, I don't get a tank. You don't get a tank in Grand Theft Auto 5, which depresses me. You get a really cool like missile-equipped mm-hmm. helicopter. Um that's but it's not quite the same that tank was yeah. really fun have you i'm i'm sure you are familiar with uh oh man i can't now i can't remember the name of it but um oh I, I, conan o'brien i believe he calls it clueless gamer when he does it no so, oh he does these short like i think they're youtube only clips maybe they show them on the show but where it will be someone on his staff who is familiar with the video game uh showing like him how to play a video game and and he you know makes uh, funny comments about it. Anyway, you're, what you're telling me is uh, <laughs> we could basically make a, a semi, somewhat compelling podcast out of this <laughs> in yeah. that I am a totally clueless gamer. And... I'm not much better, though. Like, I can't be the, I can't be the strong <laughs> on that one. But I, I just don't know if it captures the I, – I, it's almost funnier to describe it uh, <laughs> audibly because mm-hmm. watching me play a video game – has got to be so frustrating. I just played that Star Wars, whatever it's called, like Battleground or something, mm-hmm. whatever the last big Star Wars game was. I played last year at a friend's house, and I think it was his first time playing it too. Like he'd just gotten it, and we were on the little speeder bikes on indoor, and, and I would get on, I would get on the bike, <laughs> crash into a tree, and then I'd get on the bike and I'd crash into a tree, and I would do that like three times in a row, and just you know, your turn, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like. This went on for like, you know, half an hour, and I'm like, dude, I, please, I, I'm done. Well, <laughs> you've been pressing the same tree fifty it's times. Just... I can't get the fucking. There's so, 
they've made video games like so complicated to play now, which is yeah. obviously much more interesting to the people who play a lot of them. Sure. But yeah, there is because a because it used to be the, like it was so boring. I think that's why but I it's impossible to get into them. Like the the you know the gulf between the clueless gamer and the experienced gamer is huge now. I think that's why like Angry Birds takes off because it's like it fills that void where it's like it doesn't cost much, you know, two to two to eight dollars, and you can jump in. Like I downloaded Sonic the Hedgehog, or actually it was Sonic Four, Whoa. for three dollars the other day just because I was like, oh man, that's and apparently. Uh, I learned after I purchased Sonic, then you start, you know, how the app store is like, you might also like. And apparently, finally, Nintendo is putting a Mario game on iOS. Yes, it's the big news this week. Well, I did not. in addition to like, you know, their phone and shit like that. But Well, yeah, yeah. yeah but I'm just like, well, who cares? That's, we'll get to that in a second. I will say, I, while you were talking, I was looking up this Conan O'Brien thing, and there's the first episode that pops up is him. It's, it is called Clueless Gamer, and the one I'm watching is him, Peter Dinklage, and Lena Haiti from Game of Thrones are all sitting. Are they playing a Game of Thrones game? No, they're playing Overwatch. Oh, um, yeah. Lena Headey looks way different in real I, life than on Game of Thrones. That's interesting. We, all of our, almost all of the co-hosts that we have had on our, our podcast at one time or another are gamers, I believe. Oh, interesting. So I would, they, this would be so interesting. It's so interesting to do something like the Overwatch episode and try to get someone to explain to me. <laughs> here's the here's the thing though. So so here's what's weird. Some what's of these games, <laughs> I actually I actually can kind of understand why Let's Play is a thing on YouTube. You know, like the, whatever whatever PewDiePie does, I can kind of see why that's interesting because so many of these games are so well done with such good mythology. I don't need to play it. I just want to watch the story unfold or have somebody explain the the story to me like a movie. Like yeah. I don't need to physically be running the controller. I just want to watch what happens. Like some of these characters are cool and like the fights are cool to watch and stuff. I think that's only going to get more the case in VR. Cause like I, you know, I can imagine, imagine like just walking around a VR world yeah. and there's like two, like, you know, godlike characters fighting on, you know, the street, and you just like you wander up to you know wander up to it like you're just a casual passerby watching this like fight that's part of another game in this virtual world, like that could be you know could be pretty now, fun. Now to tie this into a larger theme that you and I talk about, like uh, the VR thing plus sort of like the <laughs> the automated cars or or even you watching Road Rage video, you know all these sort of like the virtual versus the real reality, like. <laughs> You had mentioned a couple of weeks ago, like, are we going to see a slow life movement where people just go without smartphones? <laughs> and and I think we we do, in fact. Um, but uh, one of the things, as you were saying that about watching the gamers on, like, Let's Play or whatever, um, I remember doing that when video games got really uh, interesting. Like, and especially when there were uh, games like GTA 3 uh you know where it's a it's a, it's a one person game basically like when that was first on a console was like you know somebody would have to play that but I, at the time I remember that being like a really interesting game to just watch like I'll just watch mm-hmm. one of my friends play this for a while and then they'll hand me the controller and they'll watch me for a while but one of the reasons I probably stopped playing games is that I am always so much more interested in the the like player versus player game when you're in the same room and granted, I've never tried like a, you know, uh, well, I, I mean, I guess I have, I have played a couple of those online shootout games or whatever. But I always like stuff like GoldenEye where I got to talk oh, I was just gonna say GoldenEye. three of That's... my friends as you're hunting each other down and like, yep. you know, cr- 
crappily, you know, gigantic pixeled fort or whatever. I think it's um, interesting that everybody, no matter who you are, whether you're like a, you know, a dyed-in-the-womb gamer, or if you're more like you and I, where we're like, yeah, we play once in a while, I think we're all united on GoldenEye. For some reason, that seems to have, no matter who, my sisters have even played, like, I ended up getting it, um, you know, like, couple years ago for our n64 at home so at christmas time it's one of the ones we always bust out because yeah. it's just so fun and it's like it's so ridiculous and like if you if you play odd job you always win so there's just you know there's all these these little things that like i think every i have yet to meet a person who hasn't played goldeneye once yeah i mean the n64 i mean that's the 20 year old one right is it 20 years old now holy crap now that one is uh so i don't that, believe that that's n64. the one um my friends and I referred to that machine as the GoldenEye machine because we never played <laughs> another game on it. Like we never even Holy took the shit. cartridge out. It was just the GoldenEye machine. The and GoldenEye occasionally machine. we'd get bored and I'd be like, hey, I could play some, you know, Wave Runner or Wave Racer or whatever it was called. Um, but yeah, GoldenEye was just, that was that was the game on that system for me. That or like Donkey so, Kong Country, I think was the one that usually came with uh, it. They kind of went, uh, I know Mario came with it, but I, a lot of those units came with Donkey Kong Country instead because they were really trying to break, you know, break that franchise out. Um, so check this out. The official anniversary, the 20-year anniversary is this September 29th. It was released yeah. uh, in North America officially September 29th, 1996. I had no idea it was that old. I was thinking, oh, no, no, 2001, 2002. Uh, no. <laughs> Not 96. Holy crap. Yeah. Then when was the Wii release, for God's sake? That Now I'm really going to feel old. Well, that wasn't that old. That was two, uh, 2007 or 8. I think it was 2007 because uh, – 2006. I'm pretty sure that you and I at – the, the, at the company where we both worked in Nashville – 10 years ago, <clears throat> that was, uh, I remember watching the videos because the funny thing at that time was people <laughs> losing control of the controller. <laughs> and oh, yeah. Sending it right into their TV set. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, like blogging like a picture of their TV with a giant crack in the screen or something. Man, that's going to happen and, with uh, VR so fast. Like, even when I was doing my little demo in Portland, like one of the things that kept happening and I felt really bad, I didn't break anything. Let me just put that out there right now. And I had a witness in the room, you know, who was sort of in charge of the room. But so many times I wandered over, you know, I, not knowing where I was in proximity of the real room, I wandered over to a desk that had a bunch of monitors on it. And if I was more careless, I could have easily taken out that monitor just by swinging around too hard or, you know, doing something. So I'm just right. like, yeah. I can't imagine the sort of damage that's going to get inflicted when people, you know, have a VR space in their living room or, you know, a room that's not you know, like a, an empty-ish garage or something that, you know, could, could withstand that, you know, right, like right. bedroom or something where it's, you know, it's going to be funny. Uh, yeah. 2000, November 9th, 2006, sorry, November 19th, 2006, the Wii debuted. 2006. Okay. Yeah. That's, that still seems Rebound. like it's way too long. We, cause our family got ours, I think in 09, I think 2009, hmm. 2010, one of those two. So yeah, we always get, I, I always get stuff like I remember playing rock band on it in 2008. I was never a rock band guy. Um, that, that's that's what I'm. That's what I'm. I I didn't I didn't like it when it appeared on. I mean I, I you know I I liked one of those early Guitar Heroes, and um same thing. Then it just got too complicated, and I was like, Jesus, now it has nothing to do with in common with playing a guitar. Yeah, <laughs> it's very complicated set of uh, you know motions I'm supposed to do, and I, I did not like it. 
but to take the to tie the uh, trip down memory lane and VR together, do you remember the Nintendo Virtual Boy? Oh God, yes, it was okay. Ninety five. Wow, wow, this taking me back. So, so here's what I remember about. Tell me if this is accurate or if I dream this. I walked into a Sears. This is back when Sears was like. We have computers and we're selling compacts and things and look like back when Sears didn't quite know what it was supposed to be. So I walked into a Sears and they had like a little sort of setup and couldn't wear it on your head. You had to like stand it on the table and like look into it. It was on like a little tripod thing. It's on a little tripod and it was all, it wasn't in color. It wasn't in black and white. It was like red Red. wireframe like animation. It was like a stereoscope. Or like yes. a Viewmaster version of a Game Boy. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and it, and yeah. the games were just utter shit. There was like three or four of them, and they couldn't give those away. Like I remember seeing it as a kid, going, "Oh, this is amazing!" And then I played it, and I, what was it? You said '95 it came out, so it would have been yeah. released in July of '95. Discontinued in December of '95. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh no! They didn't even get a. They must have been banking on the fourth quarter pretty heavy for that. That woof. Um, and I had played a VR game like Virtual Boy, but the goggles were strapped to your head, and all it meant was you had a bigger field of vision. So you had like a, a joystick mm-hmm. in each hand. I remember you were, it was just a mech game. You were everyone was in a mech, and you were <laughs> all playing together with like a you know a similar mission. So there'd be like four people seated at these things with these headsets on. So you could look to your side and stuff, and you had to turn the mech with the joysticks to be able to like wow. you know shoot the things that were on your side and stuff. But that was all virtual mint. It wasn't like you could actually walk around and you know reach out and stuff like that. So it's to me it's it's funny because it was like there was a big VR not VR, but th- that's what they were trying to label it as yeah. in the middle nineties. And now we're like 20 years later when they're finally getting finally, yeah, the, prom- the, in, finally the engines fast enough, I guess, to to render that stuff. So it's, you know what? It says a lot about the mid 90s. They're like, let's do it. Come on. Like, yeah. So it's weird to think that like in the 90, mid 90s that, you know, Nintendo was doing this then. I mean, even though it kind of, you know, if, if they released it in July and killed it in what you said, November, December. Yeah. Um, it's it kind of almost feels like a sacrificial lamb project. Like you know, somebody in Nintendo was like, "This was their pet thing." They got fired, and so Nintendo's like, "Let's just shut it as soon as the year's over." You know, it's it maybe it was one of those situations. I should go back. I haven't even heard the term "Virtual Boy" in years. So the fact that you brought it up just now is, <laughs> I'm, I'm just kind of my my nostalgic gears are turning. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can get one on on eBay for about three hundred bucks. Really. <laughs> Okay, so do you know what do you know what I've actually been interested in buying on eBay? This is gonna really go back. Remember that movie The Wizard with Fred Savage? Uh, and we the can chick- also do another whole uh, I actually proposed this podcast series to a friend at Comic Con, which is nineteen uh, eighties movies that Todd has not seen. So oh. I am aware of this movie called The Wizard with okay. Fred Savage. I've never seen it. I would like you and any <laughs> listeners you have homework between now and let's just say the end of September. Whatever oh, you said about the wizard no. got totally let, but it was totally clean. You can basically say, let's uh, just pretend that everybody heard just that. I, I think it went through. So if you heard that awesome, if you didn't um, just go watch the wizard, but in it, yeah, that's the movie where they, their debuted, homework is to watch the wizard. Yeah. That's the movie where they debuted the, uh, Oh God. Was it, is it the, the Power Glove. There it is. The Power Glove. Oh, right, right, right. The original Nintendo. 
it was that thing and it was kind of like vr um you know it's kind of like what what we're gonna have now with like actual like you know like the um what's that microsoft uh not the not the hololens the other thing that goes with the xbox ah it's the thing that for the love of god anyway wearables I mean, this was like the first wearable at the time and it was just sure. kind of junk because like you know it didn't really work i mean in the movie the wizard the guy uses it to run his car it looks cool as hell nintendo used that movie to basically debut it they right. sell those on ebay now for like you know 150 bucks i kind of want one just to have just to display because it just looked cool i remember at the time even as a kid being like i want that didn't even have a nintendo but i wanted it and now I don't exactly remember how it worked, but it wasn't like motion sensitive. I don't think. I think no, it just had buttons all. on it. Yes. And one thing was like yeah. it had a whole control pad on it. Yep. Yep. So and it, it maybe, plugged. It literally plugged in too. So it was there was no yeah. motion sensor. None of none of that. Yeah. It just was. It was just kind of a glorified hand controller that you could just wear. Um, so the the villain in the movie Lucas, one of the rival gamers, like he he busted out at one point wait, in the wait, movie. Wait, wait, Lucas, the football movie. No, no, no. This is in the wizard still. Uh, oh, you, you said the villain in the movie. Oh, the villain in the movie is named Lucas. His name Lucas. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. No last name. Okay. Just Lucas. He is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, but go literally go watch the wizard. I, you need to go watch it because we need to discuss it. Because I, knowing now what what your tastes I are, think... <laughs> I just yes, can't wait to see what you're but I do think there's a hilarious podcast series to be made of you. And Brian's wife uh, and our co-host Fia uh, describing '80s movies to me that I have not seen oh, because she has done this with so many movies, and I and it is so funny to hear people try to describe '80s movies to a person who's never seen them. Uh, she's got a whole list of stuff that we went through. Like she would be like, "What about this?" And I'd go, "No," and then she's like, "Okay, well, it's the story of you know," and it's always totally insane. Give me one um, that she that she pitched to you. Um. Uh, uh, oh man, almost all of them involve Muppets because I hate <laughs> Muppets. I'm afraid of Muppets. Oh, like God. when people are like afraid of clowns or something, that's how I feel about Muppets. Who uh, whether you? they are, whether they are good or evil. So like Labyrinth, I have seen, but only in my thirties did I see oh, it. Oh no. So, so that's like one where, you know, she, like people love that movie and I'm like, it's pretty stupid because I didn't see it as a kid, so I think it's you know it's it's, it's terrible if you watch it as an adult. So listen up, ladies uh, so, out there. Todd hates puzzles. He hates Muppets. <laughs> he doesn't play. <laughs> he doesn't play many video uh, games. So I know. Sure. So if you, you're just looking for a uh, you know a guy to I don't know do normal stuff with you. <laughs> <laughs> I also don't watch football or drink beer. What's so that? What's the, that mean uh, that happens every every Super Bowl? It's like. Uh, Oh, it's like yay sports ball or something like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I I uh, tweeted the other day because I got really emotional <laughs> watching a finale of BattleBots, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> oh my god, I re I recognized to myself like I don't feel at all this way when I watch humans play sports, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm watching these robot battles like no. <laughs> Like, you know, that's one thing I'm bummed out about is the the movie Real Steel promises a future that we haven't seen yet. I you know I I'm okay without that future. I did, I was not looking forward to the Rock'em Sock'em like <laughs> Robot League, but BattleBots I fucking love. Nice. Um. So uh yeah, I'm trying to think of another movie that she named, and it would ha it would definitely have like Willow. I haven't seen Willow. Oh. 
Okay, we I have know. to do it this, go, we it have to do this episode on. then because Jesus Christ, if you haven't seen Willow, I there. I would so love what we to should hear do her is and I explain you and, that you and Fia should should watch Willow to remind yourselves of it. Oh, I know. I, then, I'm intimately familiar with Willow. Don't you worry about that. I <laughs> call I can, me, and she and I could do a one man, one man show of Willow coolest. or two man show, and we could just recite the whole thing to you. I love I, this idea. Well, this is going in our in our in our reboot idea folder. <laughs> let's absolutely make that one of the first episodes of season three of the Todd and Taylor show, or whatever show we end up calling yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's the show name. Um, I yeah, think on that, that note, I think on that note, we should probably because I think I think that covers covers a lot of stuff, and I that's mean, good. Yeah, you got stuff to do, and I've got stuff to do, and our listeners have stuff to do. So if you're in the car on your way to work, now is a great time just to if, pull it yeah. Up. If you want to. Uh, tell me about 80s movies. Uh, specifically, it seems like I have not seen uh, fantasy movies. So tweet those at me. Wow. I'm at Hey Tade. You can just quiz me and see if I've seen it. Like Last Starfighter, never seen. Uh, uh, never Ending Story, never what? saw that. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, it seems like there's oh. something with like a flying ship or something, like a pirate ship or something. Like anyway. Um, yeah, there's, there's a more in the it. stars with a with a guy with a light sword that you've I've never seen that movie either. Uh, no, we know we've seen. I've seen a lot of sci-fi, but the okay. fantasy stuff. Okay, um, I definitely missed out on. On well, the '80s, um, were known for their fantasy movies, so there's a lot of them. Yeah, and especially Dark Crystal. That's another one I've never seen. Um, that's one that has scary Muppets in it, and uh, <laughs> so yeah, scary Muppets and fantasy. Just tweet them at me at Hey Tade. Uh, and I'll tell you whether I've seen them or not. We can add them to a future episode list of things to do. Um, where can people find you online, Taylor? They can find me at, on Twitter. I'm at Taylor Trask, also TaylorTrask.com. How about you? Uh, just the Twitter for now. Um, HeyTade.com is, exists, but nothing is happening there for the moment. You can find both of us at ToddAndTaylor.com. Um, and, yeah, like any – well, we – I was about to say any day, but we have a date in mind we do. Uh, at which we will tell you uh, what we are doing. <laughs> it's going to so be a whole lot more than this. Let's I put it that that's way. compelling. I mean we've, you've got 80s movies to tell me about. We've got Game of Thrones to talk about. Yeah. We've got the creative projects that you and I are working on to talk about. Um, it's – yeah, we got a lot of stuff to, to cover uh, soon. Oh, Indeed. plus we have this idea – of uh, movies you would like to see remade, and that's what we're we're gonna we're hopefully gonna do as a panel discussion, um, because I got some really hilarious suggestions from uh, some friends. The other I day. can't wait for that one because there are so many there are so many movies that shouldn't be remade, and the ones that should never get talked about. So I can't wait. <laughs> and I, I think cannot wait. What I want to do is run it like we just ask the person. For what what they want, and then we get them to describe it, and then defend it, like like sell it to us. Like, what is your? <laughs> I love that. You know, no, that, that's what needs to happen. I'm the movie producer. You yeah. sell me on on why we need to remake. Because <laughs> those are the conversations that are happening in studios every day. So, like, we need to the, we need to be ready for that. I know, and somewhere somewhere else is going. You know, we do own the rights to Battleship the board game. Oh, Green light. <laughs> Jesus, that's just Hasbro being aggressive. You know. <laughs> yeah. Wait, isn't there like a Hasbro verse writing team now? I, I, I is I mean sh probably. And then in that case, uh, why have GI Joe and the Transformers not uh, uh, intermingled? Well, who I think was the, 
a GI Joe Transformers uh, shared universe is essential to that. Well, that and Mask. You know, Mask was part of that same. Uh, I, that's like, that's, mask is what happens when Transformers and GI Joes get together. You know what I'm saying? Don't get saying. me started on Mask because that was that was yeah. part a chunk of my summer. I'm never going to get back listening to that goddamn theme song for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> I, I was. On that st- note. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, it's been fun, everybody. We'll see you next time.